Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, I'm so excited today to be chatting with Spencer Sharp. He's a K-6 STEM teacher and curriculum creator in Southern Indiana. You can find out more about Spencer at Sharp the Builder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or sharpthebuilder.com. Welcome to the show today, Spencer. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that we were finally able to do this after seeing each other on Twitter for probably over a year, I would assume. Yeah, and it's always exciting for me as a as an edu- educator myself uh, on Twitter and other things like that to be able to see the people behind uh, the little circle. And so I hope everybody gets a chance to uh, to to get to know Spencer today. And, and again, keep uh, keep following all these great people on the podcast because they're they're all sharing great ideas. And that's always so helpful for us, all of us as teachers. We need more ideas all the time, right, Spencer? Exactly. And there's never a shortage of ideas. And there's always a lot of people on Twitter. It's like the best PD is what I always... It is. It is. And uh, just want to start off, Spencer, just give us a little bit of background, how you ended up in education and um, how you ended up becoming a STEM teacher. Yeah. So I kind of got into teaching where I wanted to after high school, got talked out of it, went into business, didn't enjoy it. So then I went back to teaching. I graduated actually, and I was pursuing a couple of different positions that were actually like lower elementary, like K or one. And I had uh, my principal now reach out to me and say, Hey, would you be interested in starting a STEM program? And I was like, man, that's like way over my head. And I said, well, you know, maybe we can meet and talk about it. And at the time, I even told her, I tell her this now, like, man, I thought, like, it kind of sounds a little crazy when we were talking on the phone. And when we met in person, our visions kind of matched up. And I said, yeah, let's do this. And then I asked the questions, like, hey, what's our budget? And she's like, there's no budget for it yet. You're just going to have to go off, you know, donations. So yeah. we went off donations for, uh, we still do go off donations. And then um, no curriculum either. So that was also very tough. Um, but it gave me an opportunity to create, which I really love doing now. And I didn't know I loved it until then. So, you know, three years later, it's one of the kids' favorite programs. It's one of the best at our school. Um, we've seen, you know, kids just do incredible things, really. So it's been awesome. A cool journey. Something I never thought would turn into this. I always thought, like, man, this is going to be crazy. I yeah. don't even know if I'll get this thing started. So. Yeah. Yeah. And Spencer, you brought up a couple of important points that a lot of educators deal with all the time. You know, there is no budget for something or there is no curriculum mm-hmm. for something. And, and how do I do that? How do mm-hmm. I get started? Like you said, just start looking for donations. What were, what were some of the mm-hmm. ways that you went about that? So um, the first thing I did was there was like um, an open house about to happen. So I opened my room. And I built some different projects, like simple ones that we were going to do throughout the year, like mm-hmm. catapults, uh, roller coasters, and some other simple things like that. And I just said, like, oh, you know, if you donate two boxes of straws, then this many more kids are going to get to do this. And then I had a letter there that had all the stuff that we could possibly use. And I would always say at the end, you know, if there's something you think I could use, just email me or call me. So people were constantly emailing me and calling me like, hey, I work for this company. We want to get rid of all these huge boxes. Do you want them? And I always say, like, yeah. So I kind of based my curriculum off of what I got, which was kind of fun too. But I feel like the biggest or the coolest thing that people can take away about STEM is it can be so cheap. And I feel like that's the hardest part because people are always like, oh, we need to spend a lot of money. We need to buy this. We need to buy this. I'm like, I don't think you do because I feel like the simple projects are the projects the kids really love and grab a hold of and learn a lot from. So Right. And, and again, we think about that question a lot. Why do kids gravitate towards STEM? 
so quickly, so much. Um, and a lot of it, I think, comes back to what you were just talking about, that whole creativity aspect to be able to take whatever I've got and make something amazing out of it. Definitely. And I know like one thing that I've always heard, and this was like even more in business school, but they always said when you are creating things or doing things, you want to make people feel part of it because they're going to care about it and they're going to put more time and effort into it. So I think when the kids kind of have a say about, hey, you know, do you want to build a roller coaster? You can build it any way you want. For example, they're going to grab a hold of that and say, oh, I want to do it this way. And they're going to care about it. They're going to want to learn about it. And it's just going to turn out a lot better. And their learning is going to turn into applying things. And it's just so much better growth, I feel like I see in all the different levels of kids I have. That's awesome, Spencer. Again, we're chatting with Spencer Sharp. Again, you can find him at Sharp the Builder on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or sharpthebuilder.com. You brought up an interesting point. When, when kids have that ownership, when they have that opportunity to say, I want to build a roller coaster, but I want to build it this way. I want to build it as high as I can. I want to build it as fast as I can. I want to, I want to build it as beautiful as I can to make it look like it's made out of rainbows with um, unicorns in it. it. When kids can, can do that picking, that really gives them that, that ownership aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times, too, when you see that, you see kids, like at least in my room, um, I see a lot of times I will, you know, talk about the vocabulary behind whatever we're doing. And I might just briefly mention it, but the kids are using it to each other because they're helping improve each other. They're helping, you know, say, oh, yours might be really good about speed. Well, here's what we learned about speed and velocity and, you know, motion. So they're able to kind of say those different aspects and actually use the word rather than saying, hey, repeat this vocabulary vocabulary word five times. Right. Now you know it. Now you need to know it for the test. The kids actually are able to apply it. Right. And I just think that's so, so much cooler to me because I know when I was in school, I really struggled with tests because I just couldn't remember things. But like when someone would apply it to something in my life that I cared about, it was like, oh, that makes sense. So I think that's yeah. another reason why STEM for me as a teacher, like I care about it and I'm able to teach it. Yeah. Now you kind of mentioned a couple little projects that you did, but and you and you also said that you kind of had to create your curriculum uh, out of nothing. You had mm -hmm. and and a lot of teachers face that whether they're uh, a regular education classroom teacher and they just want to add some STEM activities or they're a STEM class and they're like, now I have to create this and and there's not like just here here's a set curriculum. Open up the book, start on page one. Um, what, what are some of the some of the things that you did some of the ideas that you came up with along the way? So I felt like my first year I came up with like I would say they were a good projects, but they were like generic like catapults We did roller coasters that year um, But the last couple of years I've been really trying to do projects where the kids do something outside the building and They get involved with other people So for example, the big one I did this year was shoes for a cause and I actually did that with um, Ron yep. who is from New Jersey and it was cool because we were able to chat and talk about it and then we auction the shoes off and help raise money for kids in Africa that needed different things so I mean that one was really cool just because the kids really took ownership of it and um, they learned to care about something besides themselves and they learned about something in our world um, and I feel like that's something we really can do in STEM and see and um, that's like I would say one example but looking at different projects I'm trying to do I'm always trying to do different stuff even in our building so like my first and second graders needed chairs for their room. So my fourth and fifth and sixth built bookshelves, chairs, all kinds of stuff that the kids could sit on throughout the room. So I think it's just like one of those things where when you're writing STEM curriculum, and I even wrote about this in a blog post, you need to start at the point where, well, what are you passionate about as a teacher? Because if you're not passionate about it, the kids aren't going to be passionate about it. And then from there, find problems around you. Because I know every year I email all of our teachers and I was like, hey, what's a problem that my kid could solve that 
yeah. in our school. And that's right. one of the first things I do every year. And they always come back and say, oh, we need this in our room or we need this. And then I start to kind of work backwards and say, well, what is some science behind that? What can we learn from that? Um, how could we begin designing this? So I think just <clears throat> looking at those kind of things um, makes good curriculum. And even the projects I've done, it's all kind of revolved around that. That's awesome. So always, uh, if, you, if you caught that teachers, the first thing, like Spencer said, and, and, and I agree with this wholeheartedly, check with the other teachers in your school, say, what kind of problems do you have? What kind of things could we fix in your classroom that you notice and get the kids asking? They, they see the problems, they see things that oh, yeah. they can fix. And, and why should we be creating imaginary mm -hmm. problems when there's those real problems uh, right out there? Uh, again, Spencer mentioned uh, Ronald Nober. You can find him at Nober underscore tech class. Uh, and find out about the Shoes for a Cause project that, that you and Spencer, or that, mm -hmm. that Ronald and Spencer did together. Uh, again, just a cool idea. Um, and, and taking it one step further than just here, build a shoe, but let's do it and use it to, uh, to, to raise some money. And, and again, that's important too, to get our kids to think about outside their own little circle, their own little world. Couple other things you said. There's you kind of moved on to, to new different projects. Can you can you think of any like like a couple of them that worked really well, and then like uh, besides the shoes, and then then maybe like one that uh, didn't work well? Yeah. So the nice part, I guess, about my job, and I always tell people this, and I even tell my principal this, I always am getting to try out new ideas and do new things, and a lot of times those things work, and sometimes they go terribly, terribly wrong, <laughs> um, and that's always really hard because you're like, ah. Oh, you really see it in your head, um, but it is what it is. Lately, I feel like before with all, you know, what's going on in our world and stuff, the kids were really distracted. So what um, I kind of started doing was I took all the minute to win it games that you would have seen back in the day on TV, that game show. And right. I would have, we would talk about the science behind each game and the kids would play them. And I would give them like just a helpful hint right when they played it the first time, they would try it. And usually those games are pretty hard. They wouldn't succeed the first time. And then we would come back and I would say, well, what, what can we do to reflect and analyze what you did to better our results the next time? So we were kind of looking at, in STEM, typically at reflecting and redesign portions that, hey, can we, and what can we better about this? If that right. makes sense. Yeah. And that was, well, I thought, a really big hit with my kids, so. That's, that's important. I mean, it's the same thing that we do in, in a writing class where you have a rough draft. It's the same thing that happens in science class when you, when you test your hypothesis and it doesn't work and you, you try it again. Yeah, and that was, that was one I would say that I've done recently where I was like, man, that went really well. And I like kind of concentrating on one step because I think sometimes, like even right now, I'm doing a, we do an arcade night. So my kids build arcades and then the parents come in and they play them. And it costs a dollar, and then all that money we get is used to help STEM to buy supplies and other things. Um, and the kids love it. And a lot of times along that way, we the students kind of lose themselves in the project, and they forget to redesign or say, oh, you know, I don't need to redesign anymore. Mine's perfect. And they get mad at me because I'm constantly pushing to more, you know. So take a little break and to do something like that and just to do a small exercise that I think not only helps them with those problem-solving skills, but it's with, I mean, that skill could be used in any subject. Yeah. So, I yep. mean, that one was one that went well. One that went poorly, this is kind of a funny story. My first year, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this lesson with kindergarten. And I had about a week's worth of curriculum that I thought would be a week's worth. Mm -hmm. And I, the first day the kindergartners came in and they burnt through everything I had ready for a week. And, like 30 <laughs> minutes. and I was like, oh, my goodness. And it was just a whole nother beast. So, 
Um, one thing I've kind of learned is this kindergarten is different and I try to do different things. I try to do quick things and engaging things. I'll even do like sim stations where each table I have them at, they work at, they work on different skills and building with different materials. Um, and that seems I've worked really well for my kindergarten. But at first it was like a battle every week I tried, I just kept on trying the same thing, which wasn't very smart at that time. And I was like, I just need to try something completely different. And I did, and it's really worked well. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so thinking about the future of STEM education, you've already kind of gone through three years of it. You've already started to see some changes happening in your own classroom, your own school. You said your, your high school is even looking at adding some STEM and makerspace kind of stuff. What do you see or what do you hope as the future of STEM education, Spencer? So um, at least like at our school, I'm starting to see our kids do things that are, I would say, grade levels and grade levels above them. And they're able to do it and do it well. So for like a good example of this, I would say would be like, I know uh, my first year I had kids code games on Scratch. Mm -hmm. um, and then the next year we got Makey Makeys and we tried, because Makey Makeys are so cheap, we tried building controllers. Um, we talked a little bit about electricity and now the kids have figured out how to, you know, take those Makey Makeys and use them as like a light switch and do yeah. different things. So I've had kids build arcades and have five or six lights connected on and off, on and off switches with sounds all kinds of extra stuff and i look at the different standards that could play in there and it's like two or three grade levels above them and i see them all the time when we start projects they're like well and i'll kind of tell them like well here's what we're doing when we're defining the problem we're talking about this this and this um but they come back to me and they're usually wanting to know about three things that i would have never thought they would want to know about or understand and then i present it to them and they understand it which is crazy to me but it's also like wow that's awesome that they understand something maybe a little bit more complex than we gave them credit for. So yeah. looking at our STEM program and I know I've helped in our area, three or four schools start STEM programs and those teachers kind of came to me their first year and asked for advice. They came to me and was like, Hey, how can we start STEM program? Can you help us? And they kind of say they see the same thing. Kids. It's one of the things where we're seeing them do things that are above them and a little bit what we wouldn't expect but it's about something they like, so they're willing to learn it. So I think yeah. that's kind of the future. And yeah, that's awesome. And again, we're chatting with Spencer Sharp. You can find him at Sharp the Builder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, sharpthebuilder.com. He's also got a lot of resources. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of the things you, I know you have them on your website too, but uh, also Teachers Pay Teachers, some cool stuff, some ideas, some, some get them started things. Yeah, so um, on there, I have probably like, 10 different units that I like to do on teacher to pay teachers. Some different ones. I have the roll, I have a roller coaster one up there. I have a chemical reaction rocket unit that my kids really like this year. So instead of doing volcanoes, I got sick of doing that. <laughs> um, we took test tubes and we built like paper rockets around the test tube. And we like figured out like what was the best mixture ratio? How does the aerodynamics work behind the rocket um, and different stuff like that. And the only bad part was I decided to do it in the winter. So we were inside in Indiana which really stunk because then the kids were able to shoot them really high. And then I started getting holes in my ceiling. I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> we're, starting to, we're starting to poke the ceiling maybe a little too hard. So we had to put some restrictions there, but I'm hoping here when it gets a little bit nicer that we can go outside, maybe do, maybe do it again and see what we can kind of accomplish outside. I was going to say, and that also gives them that opportunity to take what they learned the first time and, and make it even better. <laughs> That's, it was hard. That one was hard because on the reflect and redesign, like, what if we hit the ceiling? I was like, well, let's worry about your design of it. Maybe make it more appealing to the eye. So there's always yeah. stuff that I try to get them to improve and do. But um, one other thing I like to do is I like to post kind of um, like about twice a month on my blog, just some different STEM tips. 
ideas and ways that people can create lessons. Um, then I also, with um, a colleague, I'm getting ready to do a thing where we do once a month, we're going to do live STEM Q&A, which I think will be a really big hit and it'll be something kind of cool because um, people will be able to ask us questions and maybe they'll leave us up to just kind of creating that community. Because one thing I've noticed since I've kind of started doing this, I've always wanted to create curriculum and sell it, but most of all, I wanted to create like a culture and a community of STEM people that can all kind of come together and say, hey, this is what I'm doing in my room. Well, here's what I'm doing. And kind of, you know, use each other's work and mm-hmm. kind of build each other up to do fun projects that the kids want to do. So yeah. I'm trying to create it that way. And it's, it, I mean, it's going to take me a while, but I've, lo- I've loved doing it so far and I've met so many awesome people. So it's been fun. Yeah. And again, I got to meet Spencer uh, just, just by following on Twitter at Sharp the Builder. That same thing. We just get that opportunity and, and find some people and, and meet and learn from each other. That's We're not stealing ideas. We're sharing and making it better exactly. for the kids. So <laughs> it's all about the kids. So Spencer, if you could if you could have somebody from STEM past or present come and be a guest speaker in your classroom and just inspire the heck out of your kids, who would that be? I thought about this one for a long time because I know when you sent me this because I was like, man, who would it be? Um, as far as like STEM or PBL person in their way of thinking and they, they excite me I guess too is John Spencer he has like two or three PBL books I really like him I gotta listen to him speak um I'm a PBL trainer for Indiana hmm. so he got to speak to all of us and I he really like made me feel like I wanted to go out and do something bigger and bigger um but like as far as like historians because I thought about this like if I could have two answers mm-hmm. I would love to be able to like have um Benjamin Franklin in my room and have him kind of the kids be able to pick his brain just because I always do a unit where we talk about inventors and different people that change the course of history with their inventions. Yeah. And the kids love that one because they're always like, oh, that's so cool because they never really get to hear about historians necessarily creating things as much as they do historical battles and other things like that. So Yeah. That's that's actually a really good point and a good idea, Spencer, just to to have that unit that that uh, time where you where you just look at inventors, look at inventions through history mm-hmm. and, and again, how they changed history because because our history is filled with those kinds of things where uh, different technologies mm-hmm. and, and STEM are what, what changed the whole trajectory of, of civilization. Exactly. And it's like every time we started, the first thing I kind of do, and I'm putting this one together, and the inventors, when they go to create something, they don't just create something. They think of a problem, and they think of multiple solutions. And then out of those multiple solutions, they find one that's plausible, and they work on that. So that's kind of what I make the kids do. They don't always like that part because they just yeah. want to dig in and – get after it but i'm like we really think about these things first and then it'll kind of come naturally and now they kind of see it and they like that unit because they know it kind of becomes part of their thinking process so that's awesome um well spencer it's been great chatting with you again people can find you at sharp the builder twitter instagram facebook or sharp the any other last thoughts for everybody listening here today's stem everyday podcast if you ever have any questions don't hesitate to reach out to me i absolutely love getting to meet new teachers new people and making those new connections. So mm-hmm. I want to thank you for having me. It's been an awesome opportunity for me. And I, like I said, finally got to see your face and everything else besides that little circle. So <laughs> yeah. Yep. We're all just those little circles in real life. We're, exactly. there's, there's, there's nothing else. We're just a circle. So it, it's just like you said, Spencer, the, the chance to be able to, to connect with other people and share ideas mm-hmm. is, uh, and again, that's why I do the STEM everyday podcast to let everybody mm-hmm 
meet all these great people uh, like you, Spencer, and give everybody a chance to share the great things they're doing in their classroom and, and we can all steal ideas from them. So definitely. So again, thanks for listening to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Remember, you can find all the details at dailystem.com or I'm on Daily STEM on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well. Uh, reach out to me, just like uh, Spencer said, reach out to him. We're always happy to help mm-hmm. and uh, keep up the good work, teachers. You're doing an awesome, awesome thing. Thank <laughs> you.